Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good morning to you, everybody. And it's a beautiful weekend across Texas, at least uh, most of Texas, I think. Very, very pretty. And I hope you get some gardening done this weekend. I hope you have a, a good weekend. A few of our neighbors, our friends in uh, in uh, the central, the heart of Texas, not having such a good weekend with the grass fires. And they have turned into a lot more than grass fires town fires so hearts go to them and and we'll be thinking about you uh so uh, that uh, that being said and and our hearts are heavy for ukraine and and proud of what they're doing to fight back that so let's put all of that aside as best we can as best we can and let's talk about gardening at your place uh, my uh, goal is to help you with your uh, landscape your lawn your fruit trees uh, uh, anything houseplants, anything urban horticulture related. That's what I know best. I mean, I'll talk to you about raising grandchildren <laughs> because you do that from a distance. And uh, that, that I'm an expert at that. Uh, you just spoil them and hand them back. And uh, we took our granddaughter out to lunch. She graduates this, uh, this uh, May uh, from one of the North Texas high schools. And so you can celebrate things like that and and uh, so anyway, I, I'm a, a real expert at that. You pay the bill. I'm a big time expert at that. But uh, otherwise, it's gardening. And that's what we're here for for the next hour. 888-256-1080. I'd love to hear from you. 888-256-1080. And if, when you call through, the first person you'll be talking to is Jared Taylor. Jared runs the boards for me. And he screens the calls for me. He talks to you, makes sure that you know that you're talking to a garden program, not uh, some uh, home refinance uh, program. That's uh, some other station, some other market, some other place. Um, and they're probably recorded. You wouldn't be talking to a live human being there. My program is, is live, live radio on the weekends. What a tradition. And uh, I've done this program now for about 35 years. I don't have the original start date. I ought to go back and kind of recreate that and figure out. I can tell you exactly the date I started my other three radio programs that I do each weekend, but I can't on this one. It, this one kind of melded in. It was a simulcast with another program, and then it went on its own as a recorded program, and then it became live. And Part of it was I just got my courage up of broadcasting live from Amarillo, which I, I do now, uh, where it went down into the 20s this week or even a little colder, uh, all the way to uh, uh, the uh, the valley and Corpus Christi and Victoria, uh, where it has been balmy, pretty balmy. It was in the 30s. Uh, in uh, in parts of Texas in the last uh, week or two. So anyway, it's uh, it it it's fun to do this. I I now rather enjoy the challenge of doing my program statewide. So we have about 30 stations that uh, that carry this and uh, those lines are open to you. If you can hear me, you can call me toll free 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now, won't you please? We'll get the program underway and hopefully we'll have uh, full uh, uh, bank of phone calls. We have four lines available to you. 888-256-1080. Before I take my first break, I will tell you that uh, the cold of late February and March, uh, just it, it wasn't bitterly cold. It just kept getting cold, kind of delayed everything. Uh, where, where we live, where I garden, uh, north of the uh, Metroplex and in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, 
uh, the Radford pears and the ornamental pears, which are not good shade trees, by the way, because they, they crack and split. Their, their wood is very brittle, uh, and their branch uh, unions are not strong. But to the point, uh, they have just come into bloom in the last few days. Mexican plums have just come into bloom this week. Red buds are just coming into bloom. If you're in South Texas, this happened a couple weeks ago probably for you. But my point being that things are way behind schedule this year. So I've been referring to it as the I-20 corridor going across Texas. Uh, that corridor and probably 150 miles north and south of that corridor it's time now to put out your pre-emergent weed killer. That's two weeks later than normal. So either uh, dimension or halts or bayland. Dimension, halts, or bayland can be applied in the next 10 days or so. Things are really moving quickly now. Things are budding out and starting to grow because it has been warm. And it's uh, going to be warm this weekend. It's going to be cool again midweek next week. But the the trees are progressing quickly now, and the weeds are beginning to think about germinating. And so you need to get either dimension, halts, or bayland applied as granules to prevent the germination of crabgrass and grass burrs. The time is here now. Those are safe on any kind of lawn grass. They're safe around trees and shrubs. Read and follow label directions. Those are not weed and feed products, and they are not going to do anything to the weeds that you have out there growing now. Once you can see a weed, a pre-emergent weed killer is not going to phase it. These also don't work on perennial weeds like Dallas grass and nutsedge. Those are a different uh, set of of, uh, controls. Um, Also, I need to remind you that uh, crabgrass and grasspers uh, can germinate any time between now and the end of summer, and so you and and these products all have about a 100-day effective period. So you need to repeat that application in 90 days. So let's just say that you make the application this weekend. We'll say the 20th of March. On the 20th of June, you would need to repeat that application, or if you want to move it up a little bit, 10th to 15th of June, that would be ideal. So that's your tip to get us started today. We have two open lines remaining at 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Let me tell you about my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. This is the book that I think you will find to be ultimately helpful for you. It is uh, a book of 11 chapters. Uh, the uh, chapters are uh, in sequence. I'll kind of give them to you because I think you'll find that, that uh, there will be something to cover every aspect of your outdoor landscape, lawn, and garden. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening, things you need to know to get started or to improve your technique. It, uh, the, chapter 1 applies to all the other 10 chapters that follow. It's kind of the, and this covers everything. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of the plants in your landscape and garden. There are four pages per month of this information, which is timeless information. Chapters 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, landscapes, uh, lawns, uh, 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 fruit, and vegetables. I'll get it right if I do this long enough. So 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, 840 
It's printed in San Antonio, not overseas. That will keep fellow Texans employed. I don't have a lot of interest in having my book printed in China like so many publishers are doing. There are a lot of reasons I didn't want to print my book in China. You're seeing one of them playing out right now, but one of the most important ones was I wanted to go to all the press checks to make sure the book was exactly right. I sign every copy of the book as it sells, therefore it is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. I self-published this book, so I could choose the editor of my choice, and that would be Carolyn Skye, and I'd have the graphic designer of my choice, Cindy Smith. 74,000 copies sold to date. It's in the fifth printing right now, and I always guarantee a full satisfaction or a full refund and I've not been asked to refund one penny so far. So, book is only thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage, and since it's not in stores and not on Amazon, you say, well, how do I buy it then? You buy it from my office. Better yet, you buy it from my website right now. The office is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and the number is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-GROW. That's 800-752-4769. But the better way is to order it right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. When people think of Mueller, they think of quality steel buildings and they think of durable metal roofing. But that name Mueller means a whole lot more. It means that you're going to have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers, and they will help you design the building of your dreams. It means you'll have a company in business for 90 years standing behind your warranty. And it also means that you get tons of added value. Value such as roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you anywhere along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products, products like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553. Stop by one of their 33 locations, MuellerInc.com, because Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let's, uh, let's double up on that, uh, on that number. We have two open lines right now. This is your chance to call, please. 888 256 1080. Tammy is in Maybank. Russell, I'm coming to you next in San Angelo. Tammy, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. I have a Garden Annie dwarf apricot that was given to me, and it came bare-rooted. I've got it in a five-gallon pot at this time, and doing some research, I found that some recommended putting it in a pot and using it as a patio tree. What is your suggestion? I think I probably would. Uh, your problem with apricots is that they have a low chilling requirement. I don't know that variety. That's not, not a common variety. Uh, you might see if you can find any reference to the chilling requirement. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? 
Yes, I do. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have me... a cherry that we're trying. So. Oh, my gosh. You are asking for problems, aren't you? Uh, let me bring other people <laughs> up to speed on it, um, and, and I'll try to do it really quickly. Uh, chilling requirement measures the number of hours uh, between freezing 32 and 45 degrees, and it is an indication of, of uh, the, the amount of cold weather a tree uh, to which a tree has been exposed. Um, trees that have a low chilling requirement, well, let me just pick a low number for you're not too far from Dallas-Fort Worth to the east, southeast, uh, would have uh, probably a chilling range of six or 700 hours, and it may be that you have a variety that has a 400-hour chilling requirement, we'll say. And so as soon in a winter as, as that tree has been exposed to that number of chilling hours, whatever its requirement is, it will decide, okay, I've had my cold, I can bloom now. As soon as I get some warm weather, I'll go ahead and bloom. And so it may burst into flower in January or early February. And uh, the, the odds are that there will be a lot more cold in Maybank, Texas, uh, in, in late February, like there has been this year. So having it in a pot will, uh, will, will let you bring it into, a, into the garage or move it up against the house and, and cover it or, or do something to help it. Uh, let me finish with my comments to the other, uh, other part of the folks. If you have a variety that has a very high chilling requirement, uh, you, you pick a variety that's well-known uh, nationally because it's a popular variety in the Midwest and it needs uh, 1,100 hours and you're in a, a 600 or 700 hour chilling area, then it may never, it, it probably never will bloom. It may not even leaf out. And that's why it's very important that you look for your county on the Texas A&M Horticulture website and find what your chilling hours are for your county and what the best varieties of each of these crops would be. Apricots can be grown in Texas, in, in parts of Texas, and I think the A&M fruit specialists tell us that we're lucky to get maybe one crop every four years, but they're really good when they do happen. But they're, they're not uh, the most productive fruit in Texas. So, And cherries are even more challenging. So I, I'm not <laughs> saying you can't do it. I'm just saying that you are superwoman when you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, luckily it was in the garage during that last cold spell, so the blooms didn't get the chill. And it was, it was trying to flower at that point? Yeah, it was flowering. It is uh, still flowering. So so. Point, point made. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Okay, right. well, thank you for your help. a girl. Appreciate the call. Oh, that was one, fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Take care. Thank you. All right, let's uh, go to Russell in San Angelo. As promised, Russell, this is neat. Oh, no, Russell, Russell. Russell had a question on knockout roses. I really, really wanted to talk to him uh, for just several specific reasons. Let's go to Diane in Cyprus. Diane, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm well, thank you. I am uh, asking about, I have multiplying onions or shallots in the garden, and what's the best way to dig them and store the bulbs for next year's planting? Um, is there a reason that, hey, let me let me, let me me preface something, and, and this is kind of, I'm hiding behind this. I, I admit that, that I am. Uh, I carry a laminated card that I show at restaurants that says I am medically highly allergic to the whole onion family. Please don't serve me anything that's been anywhere near onions, shallots, chives, scallions, leeks, and uh, garlic. 
and uh, then they go into a frenzy and they say, can I take this to the kitchen? And I say, sure, I need it back. I actually have about eight of these at home laminated because I've been carrying this thing for 25 years. Uh, so I don't grow them, uh, but I should know by now in this stage in my career. Uh, but I think those are, they're going to be all right out in the garden year to year, are they not? And then you just divide them when you're ready. Are you talking about for harvesting or for, for replanting? For replanting, because, you know, you in the summertime, they don't do very good, so I wind up store the bulbs. It's like I always buy bulbs if I run out at the feed store. Let me uh, see. How can I get you an answer? I have very short time intervals here. I have a, a two-minute break. Let me look at the Aggie horticulture line. I have two places I can look. I normally don't do this while I'm on the air, but let me see what I can find for you. If you'll if you'll just stay tuned, uh, coming out of this break, I'll see what I can find through uh, Dr. Jerry Parsons' Plant Answers and also through Aggie Horticulture. If I can do something right, fairly quickly, I'll see what I can find for you. All right. Thank you very much. You bet, Diane. I'll try to help. Thank you. All right, folks, that takes all of my calls off my stack here. I have nada. I have no calls. Need some calls. Uh, I know not everybody is out scalping their lawn right now, so please call. This is called uh, Neil is Asking for Calls. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. 888-256-1080. If you're not going to ask me about multiplying onions, multiplier onions, I probably can help you. 888-256-1080. I learned a long time ago, better just to tell people you don't know than to prove it. And uh, so, there just did that. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens. It's my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer directly to your email, and it happens just moments after 6 p.m. on Thursdays. There always are five stories in eGardens. It is free, by the way, and I will never give or sell your email address to anybody, nor do I ever spam you myself. You'll never get anything from me that says, hey, by the way, thought you'd be interested in this. You know, I've signed up for things and all these cookies, I don't use cookies. I wouldn't know how to use a cookie if I had to. And so you're not going to get anything from me because you subscribe. So there you are. Um, Neil Sperry's eGardens has always, each week, a featured plant of the week. It always has, each week, a featured question of the week, the most common question for that week. And it always has gardening this weekend, where I point out the most important things to get done that weekend, and a couple of other stories. That's what you'll find in eGardens, and I think you'll find it to be very, very useful, and I hope that you'll sign up for it. But you have to subscribe to it. We don't just dump them out in the email land and hope that they land somewhere. We have about 80,000 subscribers, and I'm hoping that you'll become one. You go to neilsperry.com. That's where you sign up, but you also can see the most recent issue of eGardens. That's at N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com, and then click on that eGardens tab. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. And still we have two lines open. We can get half of them sold out, but not all of them. So I hope that you will uh, give me a call right now and uh, mark something down. I always record all of my questions because they come back to be useful when I do eGardens. I tell you my most asked question of the week, and that's why I keep a record of the questions. Um, the uh, 
Number, if you'd like to call, and I'd love to hear from you, is 888-256-1080. Now, let me give, uh, see, Diane in Cyprus a little help on her multiplier onions. It's going to be very little help because I didn't have enough time. Uh, there are two places that I'm going to send you to uh, do a little Googling on your own. I didn't have a chance to read everything, but uh, Aggie Horticulture has, and, and the other problem is that multiplier onions don't get nearly as much space online from any university as um, as just all the other onions. It's such a huge uh, group of plants. But uh, if you will, if you will enter the uh, the key, the search words uh, Aggie Horticulture, um, and that puts you in the AM Horticulture uh, website, um, Multiplier Onions. There is an archived uh, uh, thing on Multiplier Onions and all the other types of onions uh, that will help uh, on uh, on storage and and uh, uh, cultivation of them better than I can help you with. And my buddy, Dr. Jerry Parsons in San Antonio, has a very huge website. Jerry was a vegetable specialist with Texas a He's retired now, Professor Emeritus. But I really respect his, uh, and his PhD was in vegetables. Um, although he branched out into all kinds of horticulture, he is the one who developed uh, the uh, red, white, and blue, blue bonnets. Of course, we had blue, but he wanted to do the Texas flag in the colors of Texas, and Jerry's from Missouri, uh, uh, Tennessee, went to the University of Missouri and, and did this for us, so we need to thank him mightily. Uh, but uh, beyond that, he also is the one who worked with Greg Grant and Steve George, doctors, uh, Dr. Uh, Steve George, to bring so many of the uh, Texas superstar plants to us. Uh, his plant answers have a lot uh, of answers on onions and, and storing the various types, and you'll just sort through there. He has more than 20 uh, questions. Some of them are standard onions, but I'm going to let you do that sorting if you don't mind. So that uh, that should help. Now let me see if I can get my call screen back up here. It's tough to do all this on a laptop because you have limited real estate. We have Michael in Weimar, Texas. Michael, it's Neil. Good morning. Sixty two just went to the garage. Yeah. No. I beg I your pardon, go. Michael. You're oh, on the uh, air. I'm sorry, Neil. Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm watching uh, the Sebring twelve hour race that. Uh, yeah. Oak. And, and, and I, I used wonder to who went to the a, garage. I got you. I'm an old guy that raises roses. So here's my question. Uh, my soil is uh, uh, at a seven. Okay. What amendment would you recommend that I slowly over time bring it down to like uh, six, five or so, like the, the soil in the, for Tyler roses? I know I can't do it instantly, but what would you recommend? Uh, uh, bringing it down over a couple what, of years. In, what in, type in of soil do you have? Is it sand or clay? Uh, uh, well, here in southern Fayette County, it's it's uh, Blackland Prairie, so I've got clay. Yeah, you sure do. Um, well, first of all, um, a lot of that is done prior to planting, and and so it is going to take a while. And I don't, I, I don't know that the roses are going to be terribly upset with uh, with with seven. Uh, if it were eight, I'd be concerned. 
are you seeing let me let me i will answer you but uh, are you seeing active iron deficiency during the growing season are you seeing yellowing of the leaves uh not i i've got lots of different trees here and 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 I've, no i i don't see a, an iron deficiency yeah and uh, i, was, I, I wasn't like, worried about the trees I, I was talking about specifically hang on just a second i was talking specifically about the roses i'm sorry I wasn't talking about the trees and the other plants that you grow. I'm talking specifically about the roses. That's what we're talking about. Uh, no, I haven't. But uh, I haven't grown roses uh, in this soil before. All right. And you have them planted already? No, they're, uh, they're still in buckets, two-gallon right. buckets. Then, then, then you need to do the, the soil prep now rather than trying to add things little at a time over two years you need to you need to work a lot of organic matter in at this time i would work the soil uh, especially as far south as you are you're going to get a lot of rain uh, at times and so you need to plant them in raised beds they need to be up above grade by five or six inches Um, you'll you'll want some kind of retaining structure whether it's river rock or whether it's uh, whether the beds are mounted, whether you have uh, some kind of a decay-resistant wood, you need some kind of a, a raised mechanism to keep them above grade. Um, and, that I have. All right, and you will mix in about five or six inches of organic matter, four or five inches minimum. Uh, when I prepare a bed for roses or my vegetables or flowers, I will use two or three inches of sphagnum moss. If I'm trying to lower the pH for plants that are sensitive to the uh, alkalinity that I have in the Dallas area, same blackland soil, then I will use more uh, sphagnum peat moss because it is, uh, uh, it is very acidic. But uh, we'll, say, we'll say three inches of that and then one inch each of finely ground pine bark mulch uh, one inch of rotted manure, completely decayed so you can't tell what it is, and one inch of compost, rotted so you can't tell what its origin was. It needs to be dried. It, it should not have a bad aroma to it. Um, I'm broadcasting in a building that has mulch around it. Somebody's brought in, um, and it it just stinks to high heaven around this place. Uh, I don't know. It's It's almost fermented smelling. So you don't want that. And so all of that then blended down about a foot deep. In a clay soil like you have, I would also include one inch of expanded shale, S-H-A-L-E. Your garden center can order that for you if need be. And and all of that then tilled together a, a foot deep uh, will give you a really good planting soil, and that will lower the pH a great deal. If you feel that it needs to be lowered later, you would add agricultural sulfur. And uh, your your local nursery or hardware store or feed store can sell that to you along with instructions. It'll have instructions on the product of how to lower the pH. That's what you would uh-huh. do to, to maintain it or to lower it if you already had a plant in the ground and, and didn't have access to do what I just described. But your best chance at lowering pH is to do it initially, not after the fact. Uh, pine straw help. Uh, no, pine no. straw help. Is a mulch help uh, lower a bit? As no, not at all. Now okay. remember, I said pine bark mulch, but mixed into the soil, rototilled no, a, foot, a foot into the soil. Then it becomes a soil conditioner, a soil amendment, not a mulch. 
I also use pine bark mulch as a mulch. When I when I use I, I I said that too hastily and I didn't explain. If I'm using something as a mulch, it's on top of the ground. If I'm using it as a soil amendment, it may be labeled as a mulch, but it becomes a soil amendment. Right, it's mixed in. Yeah, and you do not want to try to mix uh, pine straw into the ground. That'd be a mess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's like uh, eating maybe. shredded wheat dry. <laughs> I eat shredded wheat for breakfast, and I don't want to eat it dry. <laughs> the the big ones, right? Not the little bite That's size. Right. It was the big shredded wheat pieces, right? That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, but, uh, but on the on the pine bark mulch, you want the nickel and dime size, the the small pieces, and and that right. makes a wonderful soil amendment. Uh, I have access. I, I, I'm going to reconstitute the soil that's in that flower bed. Good. Uh, and, and and then uh, it may lower the pH uh, here, but over time, maybe so. And, and I think the roses will do all right. So uh, I've got fine. about a. Pardon me. They'll do fine. So, uh, again, thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Appreciate that. Carol in Abilene, I'm coming to you next. Stay with me. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, your go-to gardening reference. I talk about how to build a raised bed. I also talk about rose rosette virus. Make sure if you're planting roses that you buy plants that are, are free of it, clean. And also make sure if you... Uh, have rose rosette virus in your community that you limit the number of roses you plant so that you don't lose the whole bed. It's a mess. Anyway, my book has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics. It talks about the soil types of Texas. It talks about the hardiness zones of Texas and why I think the newest hardiness zone map from USDA from 2012 is incorrect and how we need to go back to the 1990 map. And I give you that 1990 map as well as the new map so you can compare, and I think you'll see what I'm talking about. And you'll have a hard time finding the 1990 map anywhere else. So there it is for you. Uh, it also uh, talks about uh, the the uh, rainfall areas of Texas and a lot of other things you need. Chapter 2 is that 48-page calendar I described earlier of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants. Chapter 3 is all about trees. Chapter 4 is shrubs. And I don't talk about that chapter a whole lot because trees takes my time, but it has the flowering shrubs, it has uh, the evergreen shrubs, it has shrubs for privacy, it has lists of those, but also talks about how to group shrubs in the landscape and all that, as well as a, a complete a chart of the best shrubs for Texas, for each area of Texas. And that's a comprehensive chart. Uh, chapter 4 is vines and then ground covers, annuals and perennials. Those are lengthy chapters. The 100 best annuals, how tall, how wide they grow, what colors they come in, when they bloom, whether they're sun or shade, what areas of Texas are they best in, etc. Same for perennials. Then lawns and fruit and vegetables. All of that information, I think this might be the only book you'll need. It's only thirty six ninety five plus tax and postage because I chose not to put it in stores and go through distributors and uh, and 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 not to put it on Amazon. It's available from my garage. That's where I store them. Put a, a, a climate control system in to store it there for you. I sign them as I sell them, and I mail them the next uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. That's how easy it is. Only thirty six ninety five for three hundred forty four pages. 840 of my photographs, a hardback, 
printed right here in Texas and shipped right to you. So, satisfaction fully guaranteed or I'll refund every penny. 74,000 copies sold and not one request for refund. Call my office Monday through Friday 9 to 5 to buy it. That number is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it right now from my website, and that is neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very much. Let's go to Carol in Abilene. Carol, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Hey, I have a I question help? about growing sure. potatoes. Okay. Go oh, for it. About growing them in it. Well, but I've tried it before, and I'm not a very – I love to dig in the dirt, but I'm not a very successful farmer. But I've heard that you can grow them in a trash can. And I just been looking for advice and wisdom because you are a Texas treasure, well, and you have every answer in the world. And I just love your book, by the way. Thank you. Yes, sir. Carol, the uh, potatoes are not difficult to grow as long as you start them early, um, okay. and as long as you uh, respect the few simple needs that they have. But they are subject of a lot of gimmicks that people try with them. The easiest way to grow potatoes is to grow them in the garden and, and plant them in Abilene. You would plant them uh, the, the second half of February. It's, it's very late to start potatoes now. Growing them in a trash can is just uh, fraught with gambles. Um, you know, people are not going to remember to drill holes in the trash can. They're not going to want to drill holes in the trash can for drainage. Uh, how are you going to get any any light to them if they're clear down in the trash can somewhere? They need to be planted in a in a raised garden because there are occasionally in Abilene some springs when you get a lot of rain. Certainly not this year, but they need to be they need to be planted in a, a raised garden uh, by four or five inches. You plant them uh, the last couple weeks of, of February. I would buy your your certified seed potatoes, meaning that you're you're not buying seeds, but you're buying potatoes that are raised specifically for this purpose uh, from a, a farm supply store or nursery. You would buy them in in that time period, maybe the middle of February. You cut them. I I cut mine rather large. I don't like to cut them down to one or two eyes. The eyes are those buds that, that sprout. Some people will cut them to just one or two eyes, and I, I just usually cut mine into thirds or halves. I let them dry on a newspaper for two or three days, and then I plant them uh, several inches deep, three or four inches deep, into soil that's prepared the way I described for the gentleman with his roses. And yes, um, I'll leave a little bit of open air above the potato uh, when I plant them so that as they start to sprout and grow, I can pull more of that soil up over them. And that uh, I, I kind of encourage them to, to sprout and grow, and then I pull some more soil over them and more soil over them until they're at, at the, you know, I plant them in a hole and, and leave a little bit of the hole there, and then yes, I sir. fill it in over a period of uh, two or three or four weeks as they sprout and grow. And then... You harvest new potatoes, the, the small potatoes, when the potatoes start to bloom pretty well. And then your, your bigger, more mature potatoes are harvested when the plants finish blooming. And that's pretty much it. They're, they're not difficult. 
but it's better to do it that way than to try to grow them in a bag of potting soil or in a trash can or in some other way that people do them. Well, that's what I needed to hear. So I'll save my trash can for trash. You All do. right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Bob, your book, if I could just tell you this, I bought three of your books, one for my sister-in-law in Lubbock and one for a friend in Buffalo Gap. And we've all, we just love it. And you've already thank saved you. my sister-in-law and her crepe myrtle. So thank you very much well, for that. Well, thank you. What a kind <laughs> comment. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Let me tell you about my website. I'm going to do this one very quickly. Uh, so we can get back to the phones. Uh, my website is neilsperry.com. That's where you sign up for eGardens, as you heard, uh, my electronic newsletter, which is free. Uh, it's also where you uh, can uh, go to uh, get my book that she just described, and thank you for those nice comments. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, which is not in stores and not on Amazon. You buy it from neilsperry.com, and it's also where you can find answers to my 1001 Most Frequently Asked Questions. That's all at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner. But let's do a little math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own a, a metal storage building right there in your own backyard, and you would have a genuine Mueller backyard building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with bolt-together design. And they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home, and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes and more than 30 colors from which to choose, and that adds style to your storage space. If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all the options at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER to find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. They're Mueller. They're made in America, and they are made to last. MuellerInc.com. More after this message. All right, Kelly, let's go to William in Ingleside. William, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you today, sir? I am well. How can I help you? I have some um, dwarf red bananas that I that were given to me back in October. Um, they were doing really well until the cold. Oh. So now they're trying to come back, and I'm wondering what I can do to kind of jumpstart them and help them along. They will need a little bit of warmth. That's what they like. They're subtropical and uh, or even tropical. And nitrogen, the uh, same thing you put on your turf grass. Just make sure you don't have any weed and feed in it, just, just regular lawn fertilizer. And water, okay. and that's it. They'll they'll come back pretty well. It's probably dwarf red Cavendish is the variety, and yes, sir. Uh, it should it should do very well. They should do very well for you. I don't think there'll be a problem. All right, excellent. I also have a big patch of stinging nettle I need to get rid of. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I'm glad it's yours. That's my thought on that. Uh, <laughs> you can you can eliminate it with a broadleafed weed killer spray. Uh, you, you do need to be careful in how you apply that because it could do damage to other plants nearby. But uh, that would contain two 
4D, the number 2, the number 4, and then the, a hyphen and the letter uh, D, like in Dandelion. Um, and there's a comma between the 2 and the 4. Yeah, 24D. It'll probably have some other uh, active ingredients mixed in with it. Uh, there's a, a blend of three broadleaf weed killers called Trimec. So don't be surprised if it says contains Trimec, but 24D will be in the fine print on the back. And the D okay. is the first letter of a long chemical name. Uh, your your hardware store or feed store or nursery will know what, what we're talking about. I would buy a trigger bottle so you can be very precise in how you apply it right to the nettle. Okay, excellent. All right, that's what I need to know. Thank you very well, much. You sir. have a wonderful, beautiful day. Appreciate your call yeah. very much. Folks, thanks for tuning in. We're here every Saturday, 11, a little after 11 till a little before noon. See, it's not quite noon yet, and we're we're leaving town. Well, I'm staying right here. I have another program to do in an hour. But anyway, you can see where it is on my website if you'd like to join that one. I appreciate you very much, Jared Taylor. Nice job. Happy gardening.